At Armstrong, your connectivity is backed by local technicians, our 24-7 network operations team, and our 24-7 customer service center. Armstrong, unmatched employees, unmatched customer care, unmatched fiber network. Hello everyone and welcome to Armstrong in the Loop podcast. I'm your host Seth Prentice and today I'm joined by Tom and Marie Grant, Rotarians of the Zelian Opal Rotary Club. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. First, I have to ask, how did the two of you get involved in Rotary? <laughs> I was first. Okay. Uh, after we moved to Zelian Opal in 2002, I uh, wasn't engaged in very much. And, but finally a friend asked me if I would uh, be interested in joining Rotary. So I said, maybe, and I started looking it up. And as I looked it up and found out more about Rotary, there were two things that really appealed to me. Uh, one was that uh, the international part of Rotary, a lot of people forget that part of the Rotary uh, name, uh, because I taught world cultures for over 30 years in high school. And the other that hit me pretty well was um, the, pol the uh, Polio Plus campaign to eradicate polio from the world. And being a polio survivor, uh, very much attracted to uh, Rotary to do something in that area. That's amazing. And uh, how was your dealings with polio as you grew up? I, I mean, today that's something that most children don't have to go through. Right. Now, there hasn't been a case in the U.S. since 1993. Which is incredible. Um, yeah. I, I had it in 1953. I was seven, 17 years old. And uh, I was a senior in high school. Uh, two days before our first football game, uh, I played th three sports all the way through school. And uh, to uh, get polio and uh, just being capacitated that way was very difficult to get used to. Well, I can only imagine. Um, but for you, uh, thankfully, it, it hasn't uh, you know, disabled you. And you know, look, everything that the two of you do for the community, for Rotary, uh, it's amazing. Well, um, one thing, one uh, condition you find in most polio survivors is uh, denial and stubbornness. And uh, those two, I guess their attributes, uh, carry along well. When you talk about him not being disabled, uh, a lot of people don't know about something called post-polio syndrome. And people who get polio sometimes seem to completely recuperate and and maybe 30 years later 40 years later then they develop post polio syndrome so when I met Tom he was walking without any walking aids at all and uh, now he's walking with two crutches that's one of those things that you don't know too many people in this day so to talk to someone you know that is a survivor I never would have known that Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, and there are about a 1.2 million polio survivors in the United States. Wow. And one of the things that I learned and, and that Tom learned was there are a lot of things about polio survivors that the medical community doesn't know about. And so consequently, um, one of the things is anesthesia, another one is pain medication, and Tom was given an anesthesia that a polio survivor should never have, and he ended up in a coma, and nobody expected him to live. That was 2009. 
So that's another thing that we try to educate people about. Rotary recently celebrated World Polio Day on October 24th. Yes. Um, not only for your own personal reasons, but what is the importance of this celebration? Well, it's an acknowledgement that uh, polio still exists. Maybe not in the United States, but it exists around the world. And uh, it's just part of a world, worldwide effort to totally eradicate it. And we've eliminated it by 99.9%. And there are just two countries now where uh, polio survives. And those two are Afghanistan and Pakistan, yes, correct? That's correct, yes. yes. And, and the fact that it's October 24th is... It's close to Jonas Salk's birthday, oh, and it's yeah. to commemorate his birthday. It's, it's on the 24th, Jonas Salk's birthday is actually the 28th, so we're not, but it's close. <laughs> it is close. Yes. And Rotary's been on this mission since the 1970s, correct? Well, we, uh, the, officially it's 1988, but, okay. but Rotary was uh, immunizing children in the Philippines in 1979, just kind of a pilot project. And then in uh, 85, I think we joined up with uh, the World Health Organization of the UN and uh, the U.S. Center for Disease Control. And um, we worked together to um, go around the world and eradicate polio. And I think the reason that uh, Rotary was involved, asked to involve, was because, um, because we had a network of clubs and we had a network of uh, people accustomed to volunteering. So we provided some kind of a structure to the whole program. And I think that's one where if you're connected in, to Rotary in some way or fashion, you know, you know first is service above self, and second is polio and Rotary go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I don't know if too many other social organizations or nonprofits have had this type of success that Rotary has had in ending polio. Uh, not that I know of, no. no. I mean, over $1 billion has been raised for uh, eradicating, and you're only 96 reported cases away from completely removing it. Right. But is it something that will ever be extinct, or is it something that the fight will always continue? That's a great question, <laughs> and we keep saying we're this close. We've been saying that for a number of years. Last year, there were only a total of 33 cases worldwide of wild polio virus. And now we're, the last number we heard was maybe 94 okay. cases this year so far. So there have been a lot of complications. Uh, there's um, in the uh, vaccine that we use now, the uh, virus, the polio virus is not entirely killed. It's weakened. And they found out that on rare occasions, about one, one in a million or so, the virus mutates in someone's body and the virus can be released into the environment. And that's called vaccine-derived. Wow. And the reason that it seems, that seems to spread, it's in areas where there's been a, a slowdown in immunization because people don't see polio anymore. They assume it's gone and they don't have their children immunized. And so the children are vulnerable to that strain of uh, the polio virus. And most of this is coming through um, water, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, and that would explain for the two countries that there's still cases. The water really <clears throat> needs to be improved for not only living conditions mm -hmm. but children, as those are most of the cases that are left. 
And there have also been some major problems in Pakistan because of resistance to the shots and uh, some people have actually been killed when they've gone to give the immunizations in Pakistan. So they're now accompanied by armed guards. Right. Do you want yeah. to say more about Pakistan? Yeah, uh, Maria was talking about incidents in Pakistan mostly where um, people giving the vaccine have been actually killed in some cases. And there's, some of it is um, this local events. There are local leaders who uh, have suspicions about the motives of the people who are giving the uh, immunization. There have been rumors that they're spreading AIDS and things like that. So, and there have been some local religious leaders who also have spread the word that they shouldn't uh, be taking uh, the vaccine. Though in Pakistan, a number of uh, several um, scholars of Islam, Islamic leaders, went to those areas and talked to those local um, imams and told them that they're totally wrong, that the, the Quran does allow the, the vaccination of children. So it's, it's, a, it's a very complicated struggle and to uh, really eliminate as it's, it's, you can be kind of frustrated by this, uh, the state of it right now, but uh, you know, things will work out and it'll be resolved. It's almost uh, as if you're fighting two wars at one yes. because you're fighting yeah. uh, politics at the same time yeah. as you're trying yeah. to fight a disease. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there something about this that you never, you know, you never saw you know, growing up that we would be this close to eradicating all polio cases? No, I didn't. I never envisioned it happening. No, no. Actually, I didn't think very much about polio. It was part of my denial growing up. That, and in fact, my family, uh, my immediate family, the polio wasn't something that was mentioned around the house. You know, it just was avoided. How can people locally uh, get involved to help the mission? Well, mostly it comes through, come through Rotary, I think, and well, events like this, just to get the word out of what's happening, make people aware. And uh, there's a growing concern in the U.S. too about uh, people um, opposing immunizations for a variety of different reasons. And to know that this can come back, just as the measles epidemic occurred a while ago, it's possible that... Um, Polio could come back. And in fact, there's a slogan in Rotary that polio is one plane ride away. So one of our jobs is we are the co-chairs of the End Polio campaign for the Rotary District 7280. And one of the things we do is go around and talk to different Rotary clubs to educate them about where we are and to just explain more about what polio is. Uh, We also go into schools and we talk to kids in schools and they're interested in meeting a polio survivor. Uh, Our club takes dictionaries to the local grade school Mm. and gives gives dictionaries to all the third graders. And one of the things we do when they get to dictionaries is look up the word polio. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) And and then I tell them a little bit about polio. (laughs) And I think the... Probably one of the most famous cases of polio is FDR, right. mm-hmm. which uh, I'm sure we're getting to a point where we're getting further away from <laughs> FDR's reign. So the importance of uh, you know him and his presidency might not be as impactful as it was 30, 40 years ago. Um, if people want to get more involved, are there different places to go and get information? 
you know, the Ann Polio Now website, uh, you know, is a great resource. There is a uh, Pennsylvania Survivors Network that we're a member of, and you don't have to be a polio survivor to become a member of that. There is a, a um, Polio Survivors International Organization that's uh, based in St. Louis, and that's where I got a lot of help when Tom was in a coma uh, to get support and ideas about how I could best be an advocate for him. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure about educating people other, you know, other than <clears throat> letting them know about these things. Oh, you know, get we to, on World Polio Day, we try to get articles in the newspaper. Uh, Which you had a great article on the the Eagle. So yes, congratulations yes, yes, to yes, the uh, two of you. Yeah. One of the uh, things I do occasionally, I've, several times I've had to go to the emergency ward or, or meet doctors, and I like to ask the younger doctors what they learned about polio in medical school. What's usually the response? Well, uh, there was an anesthesiologist at a hospital I won't mention where I had my coma, but he said, I think there was a chapter about it in my book, but I didn't, because I was at his mercy, I didn't say, did you read the chapter? And there was another case of a young doctor in the emergency room, and I said, what did you learn about polio in medical school? He said, well, uh, we don't have it in the U.S., but it's around the world in some places. So it's, it's pretty shallow. Most doctors have had no experience uh, with polio survivors. And when I was uh, growing up, as a, even as an adult, when you went to the doctor for a visit and filled out the form, one of the things you could check off was polio. You just checked it off. Uh, it's not on the forms anymore. Unless you tell the doctor, he has no way, he or she has no way of knowing wow. that you're a polio survivor. As Marie mentioned, anesthesia is a very sensitive thing for polio survivors. Uh, one last uh, piece of business here on October 30th, Rotary announced $50 million in grants to support Empolio. Uh, this funding will impact over 38 million children in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Nigeria. How has Rotary been able to stay successful in supporting a mission like Empolio and you know future efforts going forward for other causes like the shelter box? Well, it's just doing things like this, like having interviews with the local media especially or going out to other service organizations, civic groups, and talking to them about this, um, spreading the word that way. The um, only other uh, disease that's been eradicated is smallpox. And, and with this structure that the Rotary International, along with the World Health Organization, and we have to say with help from Bill Gates also, uh, it, we're building a structure so that when we get to a point that polio is eradicated, we have the whole structure to work on the next disease we want to tackle. That's incredible. And I know uh, I'll give a quick plug for the efforts that the two of you also do for Shelter Box oh. and what an amazing program that is. If you want to quickly describe to the listeners what that is, and we'll uh, prepare for an additional episode just to talk about it. Yeah, Shelter Box is a, a partner project of Rotary. We're not part of Rotary. We're a partner project because it was started by a Rotary Club in Cornwall, England. And it's now international. We have 18 affiliates around the world, including uh, the United States. And um, our, our task, our mission is to provide people with shelter following a disaster, either natural or conflict. And right now we're in about six countries or so uh, helping people recover from conflict and flooding and all sorts of disasters. 
and and right now there are 85 million people who are homeless because of natural disasters or because of conflict and that's more than they've had since the end of World War II. Wow. So yeah. that's our job to try yeah. to keep families together. Yeah. And 75% of those refugees are children or women. Well, you two are doing a great mission. I, and I know recently with the hurricane that devastated an entire country, mm. Shelter Blocks was right there to right. help provide uh, shelter for those people. So yeah. I thank you both for what you do. Uh, there are many people out there as wonderful as the two of you. and. Uh, we greatly appreciate your efforts. Thank you. Thank you very much. For Armstrong in the Loop podcast, I'm Seth Prentice, keeping you in the loop. Are you enjoying Armstrong in the Loop podcast? Great news. All past and current episodes are available on popular streaming apps and websites. Search Armstrong in the Loop podcast and subscribe today. When it comes to internet service, you get it all with Zoom from Armstrong. There's unlimited data for unlimited downloads, low latency for seamless streaming and gaming, plus an unmatched fiber network for speeds that can't be beat. Find out for yourself. Go to armstrongonewire.com zoom and get high-speed internet for as low as $34.95 a month. No contracts, no hidden fees, just internet made easy. That's Zoom Internet from Armstrong.